Welcome to the Leadership Matters Podcast, where we talk matters of leadership because leadership really does matter. Here's your host, Jeremy Albrecht. Welcome to episode 19 of the Leadership Matters Podcast. It, my name is Jeremy, and I have a special guest, another interview. Many of you have commented on how you're really enjoying the interviews on the podcast. And so we've got a special guest all the way from Victoria, beautiful British Columbia. Goes by the name Lucas Bonnet and uh, pastoring out there. But Lucas, uh, you're here with us. You're actually ministering at our junior high camp here at Lakeshore Pentecostal Camp this week. I thought it'd be great, um, just from our off-the-cuff conversations already, I, I think you do have a lot to offer. So I'd love to ask you a few questions today. But before we get to any of that, Lucas, talk to us just about how you got into ministry, why you got into ministry, kind of bring us up to speed to where you are ministering today and, and what your role is. Yeah, and we all have, that's, that's sweet. It's been so good, camp's been good, but, you know, every every pastor has a bit of a journey. It's always interesting hearing those journeys. Uh, mine, mine, I just came out to Victoria. I was originally from the mainland and came out to Victoria to go to school, just went to UVic, had no intentions of going into the ministry as a lot of our stories start. And then God gets a hold, right? And, um... I've had the privilege of serving under Pastor Andy and Lisa Moore for almost 10 years now. I, I work wow. at GT uh, Church, Glad Tidings Church in Victoria. It's been amazing. I started just like like any guy. I just went to church and just served, right? Like a lot of us just do that. We just sure. want to plug in. We were yeah. looking for community. Had a small group, two guys in my small group who really helped shape my faith. I was not coming out to Victoria to grow in my faith. I went out right. to play rugby and to do my life, and that was it. I was actually had no intention of following God. And then um, through a small group. And my story wasn't that big moment at camp. Like I had some cool moments, but man, I was I was drifting away. And really it was just two guys, two mentors, two people who, who saw something in me, poured into wow. me, showed me some love. Um, and through that, I just was like, Jesus, I just saw Jesus come alive. Uh, I can't even really explain it. Like he just did some stuff in prayer in my heart. I saw a tenderness in the church that I didn't see anywhere else in the world. I was asking questions about life and I felt like Jesus was the only person that could actually answer them. And he says that over and over again. So that was my story. Um, And and I began to just serve the church. I served in middle school ministry and then high school ministry, started doing some worship for youth. Um, One of my best friends became the youth pastor, served under him, served for a few years. Then they saw something in me. They let me intern. Then I became the middle school guy. And there's always that. If you're in the church world, you know, like... You're not a pastor yet, so they don't want to call you middle school pastor, but they'll call you the middle school That's guy right. or something right. or the director. And so I got <laughs> middle school guy and, uh, and then slowly just continued to serve, honor, and high school ministry, overseeing it all. And so now it's been, yeah, almost eight years in youth ministry. And uh, wow. now I'm an associate pastor there. We just transitioned again, overseeing the next gen. And it's been a, it's been a whirlwind of journey. My wife works at our church as well. So okay. it's been a real cool thing. Found my wife in Victoria. Uh, really cool story. And I'm just... Yeah, I, 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 didn't, I didn't start in Bible college and go. I just found a house, right. found a, a body, found a, a pastor that I was like, I can get behind that yeah. And, yeah. and just served my butt off. That's it. So good. Mm-hmm. So good. And following that up a little bit, Lucas, like what do you, you've been in it, you said eight years now, uh, various roles starting from serving, not being paid to now paid and moving uh, to an associate. I almost said up there, but not up. There's, there's no yeah. ladder yeah. ranking, mm-hmm. whatever. Um but what do you what do you enjoy? Tell us what do you enjoy most about ministry? Like why do you feel maybe it sort of just happened? I, I don't know. Tell us from your perspective. Mm-hmm. But why? What lured you into ministry? Um, and, and what do you enjoy most about it now today? 
I think I think ministry itself, like was it Bob Goff who says like we're in the people business? Mm. Like I, I, I and I, I don't want to misquote him or I don't know where that's from, but I think yeah. that always caught me. That like we are we get to do something with people I don't know if you can do anywhere else. Like right. life coaching, okay, sure. Um, but there's a spiritual element to to us that that even you know, whether you're a believer or not, like, you sure. know, we're seeing, I think we're seeing more in culture, general culture, the need and the desire to feed the spirit of, and the soul of people. We're seeing right. it in schools, like your soul right. needs time. And so we're giving kids soul time. I've seen mm. this in some elementary schools, even yeah. in our district. And so we're seeing this need for the soul. And I think as pastors in ministry, that's really what we get to do. And so even for me, I got my start doing worship and I'm not, not a good singer, but I was just a hype guy. Yeah. I would literally, I yeah. would lead the two fast songs right. and then I would hand it off to the talented musicians. Nice. And, uh, it was fun. And I even considered like, Oh, worship ministry. Maybe that's it for me. Right. But I wanted to be with people. I wanted to lead people. And I was, that's where I was really, I think better. I was a much better leader than pastor. And I've always had to lean on that side and say, and learn and, and teach that. Okay. How do I coach people? How do I honestly help people through like, how do I counsel someone? How do I put this person's in grief? How do I deal with right. that? Like leading was came more naturally than pastoring. And so I think for me where I'm at now, what do I enjoy most young leaders. I love seeing, I love seeing someone finally get it. Like, ah, that's what I meant to do. Right. And that's a journey. Right. It takes time. It's a process. Sure. Um, it's not like a one size fits all, not one internship fits every person. Yeah. I think also like, man, just being there for people in the hard times. I was even having a conversation with a young pastor here who was like, man, without you, Jared, I don't know where I'd be. And it's like, we get to look back five years later and say, yeah, I get to be a part of that story. I'm not the, I don't want the the, the joy of it. I don't want the right. glory, but I got to be a part of that. Right. And that's it. We're just, yeah. we're, we're in the people business. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything better. I don't know. It's, oh, that's yeah. good. That's real good. And, and something you touched on there, I want to back up in and just maybe even uncover a little deeper. You you mentioned the, the leader versus pastor. Mm. Um Talk to our listeners today about like what you see. There, I know we've had a private conversation, yeah. even just driving around the camp this week, and it yeah. came out in, in in our discussions. And and I'd love to go there for a few minutes if you're willing to. But what do you see in culture today? Like, is there a shift happening? Like, pastor versus leader is that one and the same? Do you see a separation there? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think the average pastor in the local church needs to be? Do they need to be more pastorally driven? Or is there more a need for actual solid leadership today? Like, what are you seeing? What are you sensing? Even out there in Victoria, in your context, like, what do, what are you guys picking right. up on in, in terms of that dynamic? Right. It seems to me every ministry takes shape of its leader. And so right. depending on how they lead, what they've even probably seen, what they've caught, what's been taught to them is usually how they build their own ministry. Right. So you could have two youth ministries 20 minutes apart, for example, and one leader is extremely pastoral and it's very discipleship driven and they have... 21 kids who literally all are taking notes every sermon and there sure. there's certain prayer groups in there and then you have a youth ministry that may be like 100 kids very attractional and they're getting you know every sense of the word every type of kid and they're they're more right. outreach driven right. you know could be more missional we're serving at soup kitchens every week so i think depending on the leader is kind of how a ministry shapes but to what i think you're really asking and i i think we, yeah it's, it's this interesting concept of like is the lead supposed to lead in pastoral visitation i think would be like mm. the the big church sure you know even in our in our tribe poc yeah. would, would kind of consider or is it visionary is it leadership and i think right. yeah i think 
I think it for me what I see what what drew me as a millennial and I think that's the important thing too is recognizing okay who's out there yeah. who's that I don't necessarily need the lead guy if you will to know my name but I want to know where we're going sure. I want what the whole what's the deal with this place right. you know I'll get it all the time right. young adults so tell me about this church they don't actually ask about me they're not like they don't necessarily even care if it's me or Andy or whoever it may be like hey what what can you bring to the table for my life? It's usually like, where is this place going? Because I want to know whatever I'm a part of yeah. is driven, yeah. has a purpose to reach people, yeah. cares about my non-Christian friends, cares about my Christian friends. Because that seems to be the millennial mind. Right. Are we purpose-driven? Are we? Do we have a substantial um, footprint on our on our in our culture and in our city? Right. And so I think I don't necessarily think it's one or the other. I don't sure. necessarily think one's better or worse, sure. but with where our culture is, that's right. always the question is like, with where our culture is, we have to be visionaries. Right. Uh, I think we were talking and I said like, you know, I don't know if innovation needs to be at the forefront of our mind. Young people don't necessarily need better, but they want different, you know? Right. So I see right. clubs every three years changing their names. Yeah. Why? Because it's yeah. not, this name is better than that name. Like yeah. plan B isn't better than boutique lounge. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just different. Oh, it's sure. fresh. And so I think for... For lead pastors, I, I mean, I got attracted to what I saw, visionary leadership. Um, and I think that I think that tide's shifting a bit. I see that. And I, I, I think that's where we need to go personally. Yeah. And I, yeah. I don't know if it's like, again, this is opinion, of course. Sure. Um, it's, it's that idea of like the mission stays the same, the method may change. Um, so maybe if you're the lead and you're willing to say, I, I want to do the visitation, I'm going to step aside and let my... My, 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 my number two or whatever it is, take right. this part of it. You know, I, you and I have been talking sure. about that. So you, sure. you got to have both. Yeah. I think deep down, I would like that lead pastor to lead in that vision. But right. And I know you've even mentioned the same to me. You've said, sure. like, it's got to be vision-driven. I, and yeah. I agree. I'm with you yeah. on that, especially yeah. the young people. No, that's good. No, thanks for, for those insights from mm-hmm. what you're seeing. It's so good. And I should have mentioned earlier, um, Luke is 28 years old, mm-hmm. kind of fall in that millennial category. And we've, we've talked about that at various times, you know, leadership-wise and the different dynamics from the different generations. And we'll get into that hopefully a, yeah. a, in a little bit here. Um, so I, I want our listeners to know that to give some context to where you're coming from too and even life experience and, yeah. and all of that, which is great. Um, on that note, and, and kind of in the leadership realm, this is a leadership podcast, and so obviously we love talking leadership here. And uh, very principle-driven, not necessarily, you know, specific to youth ministry, kids ministry, associate, whatever. Uh, we're talking leadership stuff. So you as a leader, a millennial leader, Lucas, what, do you, what would you say has been the most important leadership lesson that you have learned thus far? And, and why has it meant so much to your leadership, do you think? Whatever that might be. And that might be a multifaceted yeah, I answer. I know that's a big question. It's so good. But we got time. It's, it's mm-hmm. a... It's a podcast, so, yeah. so go for it, man. Isn't it like, and you could ask this question, you know, in the next two years and might may change. You could ask this question to whoever else, and it sure. may look for me, obviously. Um, I think a lot of stuff I saw modeled, a lot of stuff I learned through. I would say a couple things, a few things definitely come to my mind. Um, and this may sound like a millennial answer, but I, ambition, okay. is, ambition isn't pride. And I think for a long time, I was labeled as prideful. And there was so many moments where I knew I was, I was cocky or full of myself and where I would let my charisma be more important than my character. And, right. and we see that often, right. for sure, in young leaders. And I think that's the moment where, as I've had great mentors say, hey, we see the gifting, but let's work over here. Or right. we know what you're trying to do, but let's just, let's just take it back a notch a little bit. Or, hey, never forget humility would be something I'd always hear. And I'd be like, right. yeah, you're right. You're right. 
and I, I respected that because they had my they had my trust. They had my, I respected them, mm-hmm. and so I think for some young people now, what I'm seeing is the flip, where like I see a lack of drive. Right. I actually see a really great drive. What I've seen in my what I do, I see a great drive in young females, because we've seen an awesome wave of movement of people saying like, "Hey, your voice matters," and and speak up. You know, our biggest conference we ever did for youth was always a girls conference. Yeah, and so I actually yeah. see the opposite happening: young males. We're like, oh, I don't want to be too ambitious. I don't want to be, I don't want to be labeled as prideful or cocky. But right. those aren't the same thing. Ambition isn't pride. Wow. And I'm sick and tired of people kind of looking at young people saying, well, these are just prideful. Well, are they just hungry? Are they just ready to sure. hustle? Yeah. Then let's tap into that and use that and then keep humility, of course, at the forefront. Right. Right. And so I think for me, I, I learned that young where I was like, I'm not going to let someone like, like they can have an opinion of me. But as long as my boss, whether and it doesn't matter where you're at, like right. whether it's church world or not, right. as long as your boss knows your heart and, you, and you're coming to them, you're talking to them, as long as there was a respect there up and down the, the chain of command in the, in the org chart, then go at it. Go for it. Drive is not is not like a bad thing. You know, we yeah. want that. Yeah. I, I always choose someone with drive. You can work with that. You can mold that, sure. uh, that, sure. that other side. But I don't know. I just always thought ambition isn't pride. Right. And, and I think... But then through that, you know, I would say another thing for me was just owning mistakes as a leader. Mm. Man, it's what's wrong with being like, it's my bad. Hey, that's on me. Like I would say to my team, here's what we did. I took a big risk and I would do it again. But I'm really sorry. I think I heard a couple of people in the process. You know, I even just had the moment recently where I was just kind of in a bad mood or whatever it was. Called a couple of leaders out and being like, you guys get to work this. And I, I went to them later and just said, I'm so sorry. Like, no, no, you're right. We weren't working hard enough. I'm like, no, it doesn't matter. I came in and started screaming at you guys. Right. Simple things like that just gain your relational authority with people. Totally. And they see that, yeah, okay, he sees his own mistake. And I just think leaders got to own their mistakes. Because I think what begins to happen, what I see, especially, I would say, especially in church world. Mm-hmm. I think we know this if yeah. we're listening to the church yeah. world. If not, man, gossip begins to happen. Or they never do right. this. Or we begin to see this little, I don't know, the shame game begins to happen. Yeah. Well, they should have done that. And so owning mistakes recognizing that my ambition isn't pride and then i think last thing is just man taking some risks like honestly like mm. i know it sounds cliche but like all the great stories we, we listen to and and the books we read and the charity that we see get started or the business right. that takes off right. it usually because one man or one woman said i'm gonna step out and just go for this yeah i'm gonna do something that kind of defies the odds here yeah. i'm gonna try something so that's so yeah. you know i think even Malcolm Gladwell has books about this. Like, it's actually the underdog story, right? Like, mm-hmm. we love that story. It's been selling movies for years. Yep. And so as a great leader, I think, like, great leaders take risks. No matter yeah. what sphere of influence you're in, you got to take that risk. you got to try something new. Uh, if you fail, go for it again. And if you tapped into something, yeah. own it, run with it. Yeah. So I, I, there's kind of three ideas there, but those are yeah, kind of thoughts good. that pop in my mind. So good. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you said something back at the start there. You said ambition isn't pride. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got thinking about, you know, who might be listening to this podcast today. And I know there's there's probably a lot of ambitious leaders out there who might be tuning in, might be listening right now, who who have the ambition, who have the drive, but maybe don't have the outlet to release mm-hmm. what's been wow. yeah, bottling up inside of them. Just wondering if you talk to that leader for a second. So, you know, they love their, their boss, their, their pastor. If they're in church leadership, they might be in business world, whatever. Um, but they're out there and they're feeling like, I've got all this ambition. I've got all these ideas. Uh, they're young and, and they've maybe been, you know, tapped on the wrist a couple times because, hey, 
you know, it's not your time yet. You mm-hmm. like, what do you say to that leader? Should they just stop and, and give up? What, like, what do they do? What does somebody do in that position when they've got all this drive, all this ambition? They're not really that proud. It's not a pride right. thing. Right. They're looking to use it, but it's not necessarily their voice isn't being heard. Yeah. What, what should they do? I think, and that's one thing that, like, if I'm being completely honest, I, I've always had a leader, a pastor, who's who's been willing to let me try something. Right. And I, and I, I also, like, my church is, um, I would say, a decent size on, in the culture and yeah. the context we're in. So there would always seem to be like, well, if I can't do it, let's say, play guitar on Sunday morning, I can definitely do it at youth. Sure. Or I can definitely find a okay. difference. So so for me, I had that. But now what I'm seeing, I would say, is is some people, who, whoever you're at, I would say you have to find that outlet. Like, if your ambition is, is consistently felt and if you're opening up to your boss and saying, can I just have a shot? And honestly, what I would say is don't ask for opportunity, ask for ownership. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. And I uh, I just feel like I, I never asked for, hey, can I, for example, can I preach this Sunday? Right. Never asked that. Right. I was like, hey, what can I, what are you doing that you may don't need to do that I could do that would just, you know, fill kind of my gifting, what I want to do. Right. And so like, man, like preaching isn't leadership, like right. leading others is leadership. Yeah. So, so, or, or, or running a staff meeting to me, that was leadership. So for example, that I would just say, hey, Andy, like, what are you doing that you don't really want to or need to that, you know, kind of fill me? Like, right. is there something I can take from you? Is there like a right. win-win here? where I get filled, where I get to use that ambition and you get to watch me try it and coach it that you actually either don't have time for, you don't need to do. And if there's nothing at all, then I think we live in a world now where there's so many different resources. Like you want to speak, start a podcast. Like why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? Try some, or if you want to, if you want to play music, like go to every single local pub, coffee shop, bar and say, Hey, I I got a gift. I want you to show it. Like, will you let me express this? You know, start a YouTube channel. I think we've almost... Yeah, at least in church world, we've almost been like, be, care- be careful of media. It's like, no, we right. gotta use anything and all things in this world right. to do to send our message out. And I think businesses are good at this. They'll tap into anything and all yeah. things to make sure their message or product is seen or bought. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't we do the same? Mm-hmm. And so I would just say, if you have a ton of ambition but you're feeling bottlenecked, you gotta vocalize that. Yeah. I hope every, you know, just if we talk church for a sec, one second, you got a youth pastor, senior pastor. I guess it goes either way. I just sure. I just want to see a more correlation between boss and employee, right? Yeah. I think bosses want it more. I think we're seeing more leadership and management books come, come out say, do less and be right. more to the people you have. Right. Stop doing the thing and start talk, using the people. Yep. And so I think any good manager, boss, leader will hopefully see that ambition and then tap into it. Yeah. So I don't know if it's, yeah. do you think it's a one, like just it's up to the one person to say, my ambition needs to be tapped into. I also feel like it's some of the leader's job, boss's job to say, got some driven people here and if i don't use them they'll walk totally. which i don't yeah. think is a bad thing yeah. if you're eventually like yeah. you're not getting fed you, you've, you've had the conversation yeah. you tried every outlet then go find it right like yeah. you may need to yeah. move on yeah don't you think it's yeah. kind of both no, totally I, yeah. I think you're right i think you've you've struck something so crucial there to to so many people and you know and you read any leadership books they all are saying the same thing in terms of high capacity yes. leaders whatever you want to call it if you don't put their capacity to use they, you won't have them for long. That's right. I, I forget where I read that what leadership book. It was a couple of years ago. I was reading something, and maybe it was a podcast. I don't know. Um, but the leader said that, and it just resonated with me at the time because I was kind of feeling that yeah. way at the time. Uh, and it just resonated so much with me. I'm like, yes, like they get it. Like, mm-hmm. and, and so I do think you're right. I think there's also a component of, um, especially for young leaders to who need to take some time to submit to their leaders. It's good. They're also honor. Yeah. Um, honor and respect are two totally different things. I agree. 
you can lose respect for somebody based because respect's based upon right action and, and behavior, um, while still honoring them based upon the position that they've been given. Yeah. Right. And so I would say to young leaders, you know, maybe they're not being used. Their drive, their ambition is maybe being wasted right now. You still need to honor your leader. Yeah, absolutely. Because, or boss or manager. Exactly. Because God honors that. Yeah. Right. And uh, and you reap what you sow. Someday you yeah. might be in that seat. And, and how are you going to be want to want to be treated? And so I, I like more the approach of what you said when, hey, how, how can I help you? I, I love mm-hmm. what you said. I, I think that was gold you know, about ownership over, yeah. how did you phrase it? Yeah, I, well, for me, it was just taking ownership not, and not asking for opportunity. Exactly. And yeah. I think and I think when leaders see that, and that's actually, anytime I've had a pat on the back from, from my boss, and even not when I worked, you know, at a tool rental shop before sure. I got into the church yeah. world, yeah. it was like, you know what, we know you maybe don't love it here all the time, but you respect every, you know, there's an honor toward, upward, yeah. Yeah. and there's an output, you know, to everywhere else, yeah. and there was a raise, or there was a pat on the back, or an encouragement, yeah. and, I agree. Like, if we can show, hey, your vision is my vision, like, mm-hmm. ownership over the, this this place, mm-hmm. then I think they'll, that's when opportunity will come. You know, yeah. honor, like you said, yeah. honor produces honor. So totally. so totally. just pre- continuing that upward. Yeah, you, you're, there's a principle in the scriptures as well. You can't exercise what you're not willing to come under, right? Very good. And you want to exercise authority and, and all of those things. you got to be willing to come under authority. That's and there's right. that s- submission component that we don't always talk about a whole lot. But I think... Uh, some of that is learned, just life experience, you know, things you go through. But uh, I'm a firm believer in championing to all younger leaders to submit mm-hmm. to their th- whatever that looks like. Yep. And sometimes that can just be painful. That's not easy sometimes. Yeah. But I do believe it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And that is what builds our character. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, I, I want to go back to something you said in, in that um, you you talked about you know going to your going to your leader, your mm-hmm. boss. And, and asking, hey, how can I help you in terms of something that will fill me? Mm-hmm. And it's very key how you phrase that. And uh, I love how you put that. But I, I'm wondering for the listener out there who's listening and just thinking, you know, how do I even, like, what fills me? Like, how did you get to that place of knowing what even fills you? Did Is that something you just woke up one day and no, we're, you know, not. we're like, hey, I, I want to do these three things. Like, yeah. is was that a journey for you? Like, talk to us a little bit how you even discovered what fills you yeah. and what you love doing. Like, yeah. how did you get there? It's got to be trial and error. And I think... So, you know, if you're business-minded, but you're like, is it sales or marketing or is it average? Or what, what side is it for that? Do I love pitching to people? No, I actually prefer, right. like, get behind the desk and just thinking and strategizing. And, and so I think for me, it was trial and error. But okay. I think we're also now living a bit of an age where we have, I would say, a lot of really interesting systems, resources that, right. that will kind of help shape that a bit. Right. And so, like, if you're like, uh, if you love kind of hearing more about yourself, I think we all need to be better at this. Yeah. I, have a, I have a good friend, a pastor at our church, Jordan Baker, who he's he's his the best assessment is self assessment. He always right. say, and, right. and it's true though. Like, sure. and so I think we need to do the strength finder test, or yep. you need to hook up, get a Berkman or a, yep. an Enneagram or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Like, do all of them, and I have. I've done all of them, yep. and it allows to speak to me. But then I had a, just a ton of platform. I found a place where I could really trial and error. And again, it was like, hey, what can I take from you? How can I support you? Well, I'm gonna be gone. Do you want to try preaching? Okay, right. and I had a good friend, Clark and Kim Moran, uh, who are pastors out in Abbotsford now. They would always say, "Try everything three times," and Clark would even tell me, "Like if you give somebody something, let them try it three times. Don't assume yeah. after their first they're terrible right. at it. Sure, force them sometimes to do it three yeah. times. I hated that. It's Don't good. ever make me do that again. It's good. No, you're gonna do it one more time. Yeah. Okay, just once. Okay, fine. Actually, you're gonna do it one more time after yeah. that. And then kind of begin to say, like, you know, okay, actually that wasn't so bad. Is it? It's basic marriage advice. It's like always ask your spouse, like, how are you doing? 
at least three times. No, right. actually. Yeah. Okay, but actually. And that's usually when you get that answer. Exactly. And so yeah. same thing for me. I, I, I worship and I tried at it for a few, t- like a couple of years and really was like, is this the passion? And mm-hmm. through that, I discovered, no, I like leading this team. Okay, so now I'm going to get into some small group stuff and right. now I'm going to talk to young students. Is the students my field? Well, what age group? Well, right. I'm not going to, I didn't like mi- middle school ministry after a few months. Yeah, yeah no one does. There's no one that's like, mm, yeah. I love this. <laughs> Stinky kids and pizza. Yeah. You know, like, give it a shot. Put some effort into it. Right. And I think we're a little bit, especially millennials, we're a little bit too quick to jump off the train that, oh, this mm-hmm. isn't for me. Like you were just talking about, like the submission and the grind and the, the trial and error process, the, you know, the pressure, if you will. Like, yeah. we've got to grind through some stuff. Otherwise, we're not really going to see the benefit, the growth. So good, yeah. And I, I, so I think for me, I don't, is there a problem with trial and error? If, it, if you're jumping job to job, I think, but if you can try and new things in each and every job or say, you know, I used to work in, again, a tour into shop and I was at the front desk working with people, but I get back all the time and try and, and learn about equipment. Well, why are you fixing that? Well, what yeah. gasket is that? Well, why does it go there? Right. And so just trying to learn that stuff. I'm like, actually, I don't care about fixing this engine. I'm, I'd be terrible at that. Like, yeah. you know, eventually figure yeah. that out. Trial and error, trial and error. And then also discover yourself a bit. Ask hard questions. Like, get people to do assessments with you. Find a coach or a mentor. Mm-hmm. Let someone, like, sit you down and say, hey, I see this in you. Like, get some counsel. Do what you have to do. Discover yourself a bit and tap into it. Tap into it. So good. Thanks, Luke. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, what What has been the most... Um, we've talked a lot about leadership, and, and thanks so much for your authenticity and mm-hmm. transparency and just... Um, you've kind of gotten to where you are today right. in that appreciate that but what's been the most vital discipline slash leadership life right. lesson I, I don't know let us in a little bit to Lucas Bonnet and kind of um, that's been kind of key in keeping you in the game thus far I mean yeah. eight years in ministry um, may not seem a whole lot to somebody who's been in it 30 years but to somebody who's a year in that could seem like an eternity right and so especially today we're seeing so many leaders who are falling and failing and um for whatever reasons um and so there's a lot to be said about consistency and and you've mentioned character already over Mm -hmm. charisma um which i think is huge but for you specifically what do you think has been one one two three even key disciplines leadership lessons life lessons that you could share with our listeners that have really helped you get to where you are today and keep you going yeah um so good it is interesting just back it up for a second it is interesting hearing like you know some people i'm talking to this week even being like yeah i've been in this church for for 12 years in the same role and i'm like wow like i did eight and felt like that was a good tenure like i i took some kids from this age to this age but and then i hear like there's just this legend status that you carry i said even into bc there's people like have you heard of this guy and 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 then you you have people yeah two years in i've been like i think a transition's already happening and for all different reasons but it is interesting hearing the different perspectives of what is long and what isn't i do think uh, a couple to answer your question i think i think attitude for me was everything okay i just think like every time i walked into that youth night I had I had to put on a bit of an ad. Like sometimes, like maybe life throws a challenge at you that is so terrible, right. that is so dark that you just can't hide that. And I'm not saying you should. Um, please don't hear that. Yeah. But what yeah. I am saying is like I know like positivity kills it. And and so what me and Trina, my wife, both decided that every single chance we got, 
every single moment we were at youth or even on a Sunday mm-hmm. that we had to say, okay, you know what? We need to we need to bring the energy tonight. We need to bring the positivity, even if that's not even your style. Like I'm a little sure. bit more like that than maybe some other people, but right. like coming forward and knowing like. I think I heard someone say, wherever you're at, it's the big time or the big show. Like, yeah. like, hey, what's about to happen tonight is greater than anything else that's going to happen anywhere else. And so I think for me, just always coming in and saying, tonight's the night. Right. Tonight's the night we reach that one kid we haven't reached. Or tonight's the night where we all unify as a team. And even in the business world, like, today's the day. Yeah. Like, I think just yeah. like, oh, it's just an average day. I hate that. I absolutely hate that. I hate that crap. Yeah. I hate it when people are like, oh, it's we're good. We're, I'm fine. Yeah. No, no, no. Fine is never fine like good enough is never good enough yeah. like and so i think just really pushing and pushing and another thing i guess because we're talking a little bit of discipline for me like i always wanted to stretch myself young um i always wanted people to you know and this was a pride thing this i would get we get to pride where sure. i would be like i want people to think i'm older than i actually right. am i want right. to accomplish more at this age right. and so that can be dangerous but i had a i kind of had this this thought that i would always stretch myself for two seasons and then rest for one and I think it kept me in the game longer, but it kept me pushing further, if that made sense. Okay. And what I meant, what I mean by that for me, it was always like, okay, it's September. So for us, it's kickoff is, right. you know, yep. I'm going to stretch myself hard here. I'm going to stretch myself all the way to, till March. I'm going to take a little bit of a break there. It's spring break for us, at least in our culture, we usually stop a little bit in spring break and kick back up. Right. So I'm going to stretch and I'm going to actually rest in spring. I'm going to really focus on get some of that admin done and really connect back to myself. Mm-hmm. But summer, we're going to stretch again. We're going to stretch hard. And so I would kind of do two on, one off. Stretch, stretch, stretch. Push myself a little bit further. Probably take on a little bit too much. Not to the point where I'd burn out. Right. And I think it stretched my capacity in a big way. And I was right. always, I was very disciplined in stretching my capacity. Constantly, mm-hmm. like, taking on just a little bit to the point where I, like, I needed some help or I needed to push through. And it helped me grind. It helped me find, like, okay, I got to keep going. Or we're one step closer. Because right. I think sometimes we sit back a little bit. Well, I need balance. Right. right? And it's like... I don't know, like, I don't often hear people who've accomplished a lot being like, I just had steady balance my whole life. I think they go through seasons. Yeah. I'm not, I guess what I'm not advocating for is burnout. I'm not advocating right. that you push yourself to a brink where you can't come back. Sure. Yeah. I'm not saying don't, you know, your family comes first. I'm not saying any of those things. I'm saying we got to learn to stretch ourselves. And what I, I do believe character is important, but my second hireable thing when I'm looking for someone, it's capacity. Right. It's not even charisma yet for me. Yeah. I want to see how much you can take. Right. Could you do a lot in a little bit of time? We were talking about today about certain people who are super admin. I'm like, man, I just, that person's a beast. You're like, oh, this person, like they can yeah. take on a ton. Yeah. And as leaders, we're looking for that. We're like, totally. I want them on my team. Yeah. And so I think that's a discipline. I, I would call it a discipline. I would say mm-hmm. I was constantly learning to stretch myself a little bit more. And it eventually got me to see, okay, now this is where this ministry should be or this, this position should go. And then I could sit in that and, right. and, and really right. knew what I was meant to do. And so I would just say, attitude, attitude, working on that all the time, right. constantly calling it out myself, yeah. got to be positive here. I don't know, maybe that's, like, I'm not, like, a type of guy who's, like, I run a lot, or I, I read a ton. Right. Like, those weren't things for me. I just, I would catch stuff, I would learn stuff as I went, and I would stretch myself big. Because I think that's what I saw that my bosses wanted, too, right. and I wanted to grow in that. But it helped benefit my ministry, and, and it helped me, I guess, when I say it now is the big time, and, and stretching myself, all that, like, I just investment to where I was you know I never I never was thinking like well, what's what's after this mm-hmm. I never thought ever once was like I wonder when I'll be done a youth pastor right. you know right. I never thought what would my next church look like right no where I am is the biggest moment there's nothing bigger than yeah. this 
I never thought like I never played the game of like this is just a stepping stone. The idea of an associate pastor never actually dawned on me. Like I would tell sometimes like my pastor, like, I'm gonna be youth pastor until I'm forty. Like I was right. gonna be that guy right. because what I was doing mattered so much. Forty's old. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> my bad, my bad. Um, <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like yeah, I, I, totally. I just had this feeling of like, what else is there to do? Yeah. Like this is it. And as you continue, I hope that I'm always like that. Like, okay, this is it. This yeah. is the big time. No, that's good. And it helped me uh, stay disciplined to, to the mission, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, yeah, I guess that's that's how it, When I talk about disciplines, I don't know if that fully answers, but I think no, for me good. it's, it's yeah. a little bit different than the regular thought of, like, I just stayed steady in this or I wake right. up at this time every right. day. I'm not. Sometimes I go in seasons of I wake up at 6. Sometimes I want to yeah. sleep in. Yeah. It was about stretching and learning that capacity and I think it helped me invest more. And I think that's where we see fruit right. in anything. I don't care if you're church world or not. The long-term investment gives you that fruit you want, yeah. that, that yield. Yeah. So, No, that's good. And in terms of, you know, using, going back to that metaphor of stretching, um, when, does a, when does a stretch, um, like how do you know when you're on the brink of tearing? Like you talked about burnout for a second. You talked about balance and... And I'm with you. I, I don't even like the terminology of balance right, anymore. Right. I, I think life is and, and leadership is more about rhythms and right. healthy yes. rhythms. Heard that. um, That's good. I just firmly believe that. You know, there are seasons where you're just go go go, and it's you know yep. whatever. And then you got to make sure that you got something that fills you after. If you got something that drains you over here, you better have something that fills you up over here. And so, but when it comes, you, you talked about stretching a whole lot there, but you're not advocating for burnout. So how do you know? Like, when's that point for you? I'm not talking about other leaders. Sure. I got you for the interview here today. So talk to me for you personally. Okay. Um, how do you know when you're on the brink of tearing? Mm. Like if you know what I'm trying to yep. say. Like you're, like maybe your marriage, maybe with your, I've stopped being, you know, uh, the influential dad that I want to be. Like my pro- priorities are out of whack here. I've maybe taken on too much, so much so that, hey, it's time to actually step back and say, you know what, Pastor, I have got to give this up mm-hmm. because my family's losing out at home or I'm not doing well spiritually or whatever the case may be. How do you know that fine line between stretching and and tearing? Mm -hmm. If you know what I'm saying. Yes. That's so good. And I, I want to be clear, like burnout is, is clear. It's happening all over. We see it a lot. Uh, It's sad reading. Even our staff actually did a burnout test recently. And I was like, uh, I don't think people wanted to share their answers, but it was also like, no, if you're burning out, you need to share that answer. And yeah. so if that's where you're at, you need to tell someone that you trust and, yeah. and just begin the process. For yeah. me, for me personally, because you're saying to me, I, I will kind of lay out my life in different sections. Uh, I'll talk about my family, my, my, you know, my job goals, my health goals, those, all those sort of things. And, and I kind of put everything that I want to do, the big dreams I have. Right. And for me, one thing I said to myself recently, I think it would be my biggest thing that I want to begin always to do especially it kind of clicked when I had kids to yeah, be honest yeah. I, I want to be mad at my word mm. and that's not even like I'm not like in every sense so wherever you're at like I, I wanted to be someone who what I said I was going to do I did yeah. and so when I lay out my my tasks and everything I want to do and so even if I just take my job and everything I want to do in that job mm-hmm. and I lay out everything I want to do with my family and everything we want to accomplish as a family and everything I want to do with my financial goals and everything everything I said I wanted to do I wanted to do I wanted to see progress in all those steps and and everything like that's how minute I got to it mm-hmm. and so and when I was finding like okay we're progressing here I've set up you know a budget for this I got weekly date nights with my wife yeah. I got playtime with my kids the things I want to do in youth I've set up okay now I'm gonna add something and so I continue to add something like okay this thing is good like I like that I have 30 leaders for example in our youth team I need I could actually use five more 
So I don't like, I'm going to try and stretch myself. I'm going to shorten this amount of time because I'm getting this done right. quicker. I'm doing my yeah. sermon prep quicker. Yeah. I'm adding some meetings. And so although my day just got busier on Mondays and Tuesdays, I, I know I, these leaders I need. And so I kind of add it and I see how that flows to my life. And I continue to add. And as soon as something that I've said I'm going to do is failing, like mm. consistently, like if you miss one, that happens. Sure. If you uh, made a mistake in your calendar, that happens. But when you're consistently missing a goal that you've told someone, especially your spouse or um, a business partner that right. you are missing again and again, cut something, yeah. say no. That's uh, and that's probably another leadership lesson that that's we could good. say like, man, no, I actually can't do that. I'm missing some things right now. And until I, until I get this, yeah. I'm not going to continue to stretch myself. So I just would always add something, add something. But, you know, obviously as a young guy, <clears throat> I, I constantly was missing stuff or right. making mistakes. So I had to get organized. Yeah. I had to start setting up some calendars. I had mm. to start painting this stuff on a wall. I have I have a whiteboard that's literally like, it is probably a four by eight whiteboard. Like wow. it is huge. And everything goes on that, my whole calendar. And I'm right. constantly adding and taking stuff down. And so you got to do what works for you. If yeah, you're a gadget guy, totally. go gadget guy. But totally. So yeah. I, that's what I did. I continue to add stuff. And as soon as I'm missing something, I take back. And, and I obviously saw a big miss in my family. And so we had to start taking some steps back in ministry to, to, to do better then. Yeah. And now I'm starting to build that up as a better foundation. So that's what I, I've done. Yeah. Add, add, add until I'm no longer reaching the goals. I got to stop. Let's really look at this and then let's go at yeah. it. But then I'm always thinking, okay, I'm progressing. Yeah. I'm getting better on the stuff I'm missing and I'm taking more on. And then you, I think eventually, I, I don't know if you find, I don't know if you continue to add forever, but I think eventually you, you that's no longer a thing or that's kind of, this is, this has replaced that and that's kind of how I continue to flow. But no, oh, that's awesome. Thank you for doing a, a bit of a deep dive on mm-hmm. that one. Uh, it's great, great stuff. Um, we're coming to the close here in a few minutes, but I do want to touch on, you know, we mentioned it earlier in the podcast, you know, the whole millennial and different generational mm-hmm. and working for leaders who are, are not in the same generation as us. And I know that's kind of the context where you find yourself there at Glad Tidings in Victoria. Um, as you've been involved in church leadership in a support role to your lead and coming into this new role of associate coming, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the near future to your lead pastor, uh, how have you found it best? Uh, what are your plans? And I know some of that will evolve over time. You're going to find mm-hmm. your niche and, you know, find out what works right. and what doesn't. But even stepping into it, like, what have you found so far, even even as a youth pastor, you know, supporting your lead, how do you do that without overstepping, especially for mm-hmm. a guy like you who is driven, who has some ambition, uh, doesn't want to be that proud, arrogant leader that said, hey, you know, give me the mic. Mm-hmm. I, I can do this better than you. Um, I don't think you, you know, give off that persona whatsoever. Um, but how do you do that without overstepping with mm-hmm. your lead? Well, that's so good. Again, I have the best pastors, any Lisa. So, like for me, I feel like I, I had a bit lucky there. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like I just feel like yeah. they, they had they gave me a pretty big leash. Um, and and my my pastor is always the type of guy who says, you know, I'd rather you ask for forgiveness than than permission. Like yeah. I, I want to see people who are driven. Yeah. But still, uh, to to really get at what you're saying, I um. I think for me, I, I had a very open conversation early on, and Andy and Andy would know this, and, and Lisa would know this. That like. I want to get after it. Like, I want to change our city too. Like, they saw the ownership of their vision. And because that was the foundation of our relationship, that it was their vision, but I want to own it with you, um, then I I was allowed to, like, try some things and go after some things with their permission. And and, and that they knew I wasn't trying to take over. They knew that I wasn't, you know, whatever. But I, I was really there to support that. And so I think for me, the way I always show that is, like, 
I think it's just that it's not necessarily that I don't overstep because sometimes I will and Andy sure. will say he overstepped. Yeah. Okay, great, yeah. good to know. But I just am not willing. I'm not scared to try because he knows that it's about his vision and, and ownership together. So I I champion them like crazy. Good. Like, and that's why they know that I'm always on their team and it's yeah. their team. It's like, no matter what they're doing, even if I think I could do it better, and usually that, like, 99% of the time that's false, but I have, I'm a human with sure. with prideful yeah. arrogance, yeah. and so I'll see something and think, I could have said that this way, or I could have projected that that way, yeah. but no, whatever they're doing, I'm behind them. Even if it's like, this was a failed event, and we'll talk about it later, I mean, I, hey, you guys crushed it, yeah. loved what you did there. Yeah. Every message, I constantly send Andy text. That was the best message I've ever heard. And often he gets like he gets better and better and we take our yeah. lead pastors or our bosses yeah. for granted oh just another staff meeting with boss or just another one-on-one 360 review it's like right. hey that was the, that was awesome thank you and so that gratitude piece was just huge yeah. and then I also like I I continue to come to my pastor with with solutions and not problems and so mm. I don't I don't know for me like the way I don't step I, I you got to know your pastor a bit like sure. you, you got to kind of or, or, or your boss like Hopefully you know them well enough that I, I don't update him on every youth night because he doesn't care. Um, but when something I know he needs to know about, that's when I'll go to him and say, hey, you need to know about this. I'm not trying to step on your toes, but we had this come up or this is going on. Right. And if he needs something from me, he'll come and ask. But I often just like, I was just driven. I stayed in my lane and I crushed a youth ministry or as best as I could for him. And that's what he was looking for. And then that ownership opportunity thing continued to come. And right. I think always, no matter what was happening, it was also like, give it back to them. Like, Hey, thank like even here, like I'm so thankful to be here, and it's yeah. really by their permission. They've signed sure. on my slip and yeah. said, "Yeah, you can go ahead and be there." And so I think we sometimes just take our bosses for granted. And again, I feel blessed with who I have, but I think I would try a lot. I had an open conversation with them, saying, "I want to be a part it's of this cute. with you." Yeah. And when that vulnerability was there, they knew that they could trust me. That it was, it's your, it's your, it's your boat. I'm on it. I'll help you in any way you want. It's your yeah. game. Tell me how you want to play it. And I'll be out there, and I will sell sell that, talk to that, and breathe that vision. And it constantly it was this thing of like, it's, it's yours, yeah. but I want a piece. I want to be yeah. there. I want to push it. Yeah. And that was a, a drive and a capacity that they're like, yeah, we, we can tap into that. So I do think I got lucky with them, but I also sure. feel like that vulnerability needs to happen. I, I want to just say something quick because I think it goes hand in hand. And I've heard this said, like, I've had that conversation with my pastor, mm-hmm. with my boss, and they don't seem to care. And what I would say then is I would just crush wherever I'm at. Like I would just, I, th- I remember moments where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do youth ministry better than anyone else. Or like, I'm just going to do this as best as I can. And I think eventually they'll see that and they'll push that or there'll be a, you know, I, yeah. I just feel like yeah. if you stay in your lane long enough, respect mm-hmm. and honor, like you've been talking about and you embody so well, I think eventually those conversations begin to happen naturally. Yeah. And that's what I saw happen yeah. as well. Yeah, no, that's good. And that takes a, you know, just listening to, to that response, um, something that came to my mind right away was that takes a really secure leader, um, and it sounds like you know without know, knowing Andy, I've only heard him speak once at a general conference, but mm. seems like a real secure leader, right? Because there are the other side of that is is the insecure leaders who try and you know just keep somebody on a tight leash because right. for no other reason um, many times than just a huge insecurity in their own lives yeah, you're, that have never right. been dealt with, right? And so it takes a real secure leader to have some talented staff around them mm-hmm. and willing to give them such a long leash and say, hey, just go crush it. Like, right. I'm in your corner. Right. And when you knock it out of the park, I'm going to let you know. I'm going to let this church know. I'm going to let the other staff know. Yeah. 
uh, I'm secure enough that I'm not threatened by you. That's right. Even though you're super talented. Right. And I and I think it's so key. And we got to be confident in who we are, just as yeah. people. And yeah. and confidence is key. I, I agree. I think too, like after you hearing you say that, it's also like even if your leader is insecure, you know. And I've thought of this before. There's a mistake made, like in any staff. Like let's say you have ten staff or ten people you're working with. Like there's usually two that are in that corner with right. with the boss. Yeah. There's usually two that are like. No, yeah, <laughs> and they're and usually quite loud. Right. They're usually quite obnoxious. They love to spread that. And then there's like six in the middle. And I think sometimes we're so concerned with the two that are so loud. And as someone who is usually like in the two of saying I'm with you, I'm behind you. Yeah, I didn't really care what the far two th- were saying. Like usually they either quit pretty quick or they didn't get opportunity. Yeah. All I did was pump up the other six. Yeah. And I think too that was one thing that. I was like, I'm going to do what I think my pastor already needs me to do. Yeah. And so I'm going to try and be like, yes, let's yeah. get on this thing. Let's do this thing together. And so yeah. then you have eight people who are loud and proud behind a vision. And it really just, the, the other two just kind of, yeah, okay, we better get on board. Yeah. And so I think we got to know our bosses before better than they know themselves, yeah. right? Yeah. That's something I, I keep hearing and, you know, um, negotiating well with other staff and, yeah. and, and saying like, yes, let's get on this thing. Like, let's like help them, you know? Yeah. I can't even believe, like, the burden it would take to own a, a church, you know, like yeah. to like be the lead pastor. Like it's true. I take, I, I don't think about that enough. It's true. They probably do so much more yeah. and have people down their backs and get scathing emails. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you as the, the director of this Eastern Ontario, this huge district, I'm like, I can't imagine what you actually have to do, you know? Yeah. And so to one thing my pastor always says, and I'll just say this to kind of close is that always put trust in the gap. Mm-hmm. Like don't assume you know what they're actually going through or that, the amount that it takes to do their job. It's good. And I think when that mindset really sit in, and I, th- I think I saw some things in their family, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop assuming he doesn't want to use me, and I'm going to assume that he's got a lot on his plate, so I'm going to do what my job description says right now yeah. really well, yeah. and I'm going to try and just support him. And I constantly would say, what can I take from you? Yeah. How can I help you? How, how are your kids? Like, yeah. uh, really quick, like youth pastors – you should crush it with your lead pastor's kids if they have some. Yeah. Like you should. T- don't. I, I'm under the impression like they so they good, should dude. get favoritism. So good. <laughs> because to assume that their family life is perfect is crazy. Yeah. So I think just like supporting them every way you can, it just showed that like I don't know honor that was there yeah. that I never felt like I was stepping on his toes because I really am behind whatever he wants to do. Mm-hmm. I think. I hope. Yeah. I hope that he sees it. No, you can tell. Like, Even yeah. our conversations already, just, you know, over coffee, whatever, I can tell that you have a huge amount of respect and honor towards your mm. your leader, and uh, I think that's a great thing to model. Right. Um, and probably a lot why God's using the, you and, and your family the way he is. Mm-hmm. So. And I think once you do that, that's when the opportunity yeah. comes. So for those totally. people who are like, well, I just want it, it's like, yeah. well, start there. Like you were saying, yeah. submit. Just see what happens when you do that. Give that a year and watch what God will do. No, that's good. So good, man. Uh, One final question uh, before we close this thing out. Mm -hmm. What's some of the best advice you've been given as a millennial leader or would love to share maybe with millennial leaders listening today um, who are maybe supporting, uh, and you've already touched on some of this, so you you don't have to go back into it all because you've given some some golden uh, nuggets there already, but... Somebody supporting a Gen Xer leader or a, a baby boomer lead or boss um, as a millennial, because I hear this constantly, right. the tension, right? And just the miss, uh, just don't understand, misunderstanding between the two. And so what's some of the best advice maybe you've used, um, you've found for yourself that's been given to you along the way, uh, you've seen, you've read, you've heard, 
um, share with the millennial leader listening out there, and even the the boomers or Gen Xers who are trying to lead those millennials. Mm-hmm. Like, what what what's going to help that the most? Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think I think being bigger than yourself. Like honestly, just like recognizing like our leadership, whatever you're doing, it's not just about you and your 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 demographic. Mm-hmm. You know, like even even if you have a young adult let's say uh, service yeah. like that service and like it maybe have a specific demographic or niche but it's not <clears throat> pardon me it, it can't be the only thing you're thinking about you know yeah. and I'm in a generational church like mm-hmm. I have people who have been in that church for they've like been there for 90 yeah. years you know yeah. I think I think one lady just passed away at 101 and her and her husband put their house on mortgage to build part of our church like wow. and I've been there for eight years wow. you know what I mean so like to say like That's I incredible. have some tenure yeah. to make changes in their thing like we got to hear one another out. Like we said, we're in the people business, so we better be willing to stop mm-hmm. and listen to people, and talk those things through, and and begin to pave the way. So I think working with one another is easy, or it sounds good, it sounds easy, but it's it hasn't been all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think if we all think a little bit bigger than ourselves, like if we all think like, man, we do got to pour into the next generation. We also got to learn from the past. Yeah. Like if we can really begin to say, like, who said it? Great leaders are learners. If we're willing to yeah. learn from everyone. And say, okay, what is the next best step forward? But let's trust our leaders, yep. you know. Yep. And by the way, a lot of baby boomers and older are voting in to their churches or hiring these thirty, like late thirty, early forties, mm-hmm. ready, willing. They have a vision. People like yourself, like my pastor, people like Mike Miller. We've talked about him. Like these yeah. young who are ready to go. Like, man, if you're willing to vote them in, then let's get behind them when they make sure. a little change. Sure. You know, I just yeah. think we can't we can't nitpick anymore, and so. Be bigger than yourself, I think, millennials. Like, if you, it's not just your ship, okay? Like, learn what you can. You know, die on the hills you really feel God's asking you yeah. to die on, but don't die on every hill. Yeah. And uh, and and submit and learn and grind and and your vision, your time will come. Yeah. Um, in steps. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would say. I guess. Uh, it's so good, man. Well, thank you so much, Lucas. It's, mm-hmm. it's been awesome having you. And real quick before. Before we uh, before we go today, where can people tell us where people can find you? Yeah, if they want sure. to follow along in the Lucas Bonded journey <laughs> and uh, your story uh, on social online, sure. where, where can people find you? Yeah, I mean Instagram is just Lucas Bonnet, uh, L U K A S B O N N E T T, gtchurch.com, uh, Vic City Youth is our youth group. You know, but honestly, like if if anything you've heard has struck a chord or we have similar friends, mutual friends on Facebook, whatever it is, just just shoot me a message. I'm not. I'm not anything special. Just a guy who loves his church and loves what we're doing, believes in Canada, um, and uh, wants to see some really great thing happen in leadership. And I think we have, man, I'm blown away by the leaders. Even at this camp, I'm just like, wow, I got some good leaders around me, but there's like serious fruit that's come out of ministry from people like yourself and others. And we have some really great young leaders yeah. in our in our yeah. in our nation, and uh, we got to tap into that. I think there's a really cool thing happening yeah. in the next 20 years, and I don't want to miss it. So, yeah. We'd love to engage in anything like that. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Lucas. This has been awesome and uh, so worthwhile. And I know our our listeners to uh, just appreciate uh, the time and sacrifices you've made to to do this today. This wasn't on your agenda. This wasn't in your itinerary. But uh, (laughs) Lucas was so gracious to agree to sit down and have this conversation with me today. So we really appreciate it. Thanks for investing in in leaders. This has been the best. All over the place. So. Thanks for tuning in to all of our listeners. Until next month, remember, your leadership really does matter. Peace on your melon.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Leadership Matters Podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, why don't you take a moment and subscribe on iTunes to ensure you never miss another episode. Until next time, remember your leadership matters.